Welcome to Solo 2.0, an empowerment podcast hosted by two sisters living in LA, making their way through the health and wellness world. I'm Ryan Birch. And I'm Jess Dukan. Each week, we're committed to bringing you conversations with risk-taking, resilient guests from diverse backgrounds, interviews with experts on controversial or misunderstood topics that will expand your perspective, and lively roundtable discussions with our mom, hormone health educator, Candace Birch. We're driven to provide the support and motivation needed to ignite growth, confidence, and purpose so you can step into that 2.0 version of you. We can't wait to dig into these conversations and hope you'll join us every week for a new episode. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Solo 2.0 podcast. I'm Jess, holistic health coach and founder of Body Bliss by Jess. And I'm Ryan, co-founder of Your Hormone Balance. Today, we are so happy to be sharing one of our favorite interviews today with Miss Bailey Dayton, who is a model host and reality TV personality. In 2017, Bailey became the first African-American woman to become Miss Missouri USA, having been the runner-up the previous year and also winning Miss Congeniality. She again competed in Miss USA in 2018, but then decided to try her hand at something completely new, landing a spot on CBS's Big Brother season 20. And most recently, she and her fiancé made their debut on the Challenge MTV Season 35, which is on Wednesdays at 7, 8 Central on MTV. We cover a lot in this conversation, including some really heavy topics, but because Bailey is such a bubbly, funny person, she somehow keeps it light and fun and approachable, which we really appreciate and have to say is not easy to do. Yeah, we start by learning about Bailey's experience as a model, specifically how she stayed strong despite constant critique and hearing the word no as well as the mission that drives her to continue doing this meaningful work. Bailey also shares her experience with sexual assault as a young woman and how it led to her decision to compete in Miss Missouri USA and use the platform to educate the public about sexual assault and how to support survivors. Finally, we get into Bailey's experience being on reality television, which was the true roller coaster that is really so jaw-dropping. You really just have to hear it for yourself. Bailey experienced pregnancy, miscarriage, and an engagement all in the span of her short time on Big Brother, and we're so grateful that she was willing to share the details and just get so real about the whole experience and what it's been like for her since then. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway I have from this conversation is just uh, how brave Bailey is to talk about these uh, experiences she's had in her life that were really, really difficult, and again, she does it in a way that's somehow she can laugh about things but it's also really educational and and she just shares so much wisdom so I appreciate that about her it's a skill the way she shares these stories um and I just I I, honestly this was my favorite interview to date yeah I mean I have to agree she just there's something I kind of I knew briefly about her story before coming on but not the whole thing and I expected it to be a different type of conversation because, you know, when you hear these like really heavy topics, you're like, okay, this is going to be really serious. And it was in some ways, but yeah, in some ways it was, but she, like you said, was able to keep this like spunky, fun sense of humor about her. And I, I think it was, but I can't remember if it was her that was said or someone else, but it just really made me think like she um, without, without darkness, without light, there's no darkness. 
or is it without darkness? There's no light. Yeah, no, her, her, her mission is to be a light in the dark for others. Yeah. Which she'll kind of expand upon in this interview. But yeah, I thought that was really great too. Yeah, and she truly is that. So I think just going from thinking it was going to be this like truly like really heavy, deep conversation to it being this like lighthearted, fun, just like honestly hilarious uh, talk with her um, was really cool. And at the same time, not she wasn't trying to dismiss what she went through you know when she spoke about those parts it was clear how much it impacted her and how painful it was yeah but how she's able to use those experiences to really help other women to feel like they're not alone and to gain strength and to know that they too can come out of these dark places and also be the light And I just, yeah, I mean, I loved her. I want to hang out with her. She lives in LA. And if it weren't for this quarantine, we were all supposed to get lunch. But um, yeah, I think everyone's just going to feel a great connection to her. And I think especially right now, uh, we need more light like her. So I think this episode is coming at a good time. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, there's so much more we get into. And this is a longer one. So we want to get right into it. It's fun. Like we said, Bailey is so one of a kind. So enjoy this episode with the wonderful Bailey Dayton. Do you sing at all? Just a, yeah, but it's like I'm I'm more like the most creative artsy person. So I have like random talents that I don't mm. really practice. And then I'll be like having a song in my head and then I'll sing it. And like my husband's like, you can sing. I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> He's like, what can't you yeah, do? He's con- he's so confused. He's like, what? Well, what? he's like, I'm even more obsessed with you every time. Yeah, he's obsessed. <laughs> well, you're a multi-talented person, and that's why we are so grateful to have you on the show to talk through your journey today. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Yay, we can't wait. Yeah, so we when we found out you were willing to come down and record with us, we were jumping up and down a little because you're someone who's just had such an interesting life and you've accomplished so much and we admire you so much and we just know that our listeners will find so much inspiration from your story and we can't wait to get into all of it and so Mm -hmm. we'd love to take take it back to the beginning kind of your upbringing where you lived and what you were into as a little girl Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Okay, so know, all the way back. Jogging my memory. I um, am from Kansas City, Missouri, like the suburbs, like right outside the city. And I'm the youngest of three daughters. And that was very interesting growing up as a kid because people wouldn't believe it, but I was so shy. Like I was the baby. So I kind of had to like fight to have people hear my voice. Mm. And that was like, almost a frustrating thing um my sisters and I like are five years apart total so my oldest sister is five years older than me my other sister's 21 months older and then I'm the baby so it was kind of just like people would pick on me or like I would be too nice like I was a pushover and my middle sister was like a monster like she used to beat kids up and like (laughs) yell at them wow yeah because she's like don't touch my sister and then she was like you need to learn how to be tough and so I think that like it's kind of hard because my life has been kind of lost in translation because I was so sweet that it was too much of a pushover and then my sister made me a little bit too tough to where people were like scared of me and I'm like okay where's the balance so I'm just like it's just kind of trying to figure that out so Mm -hmm. and where did you grow up um in Lee Summit so like Okay, here's how people know. The Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. Yes. I'm from Kansas City. Yes, there you go. Uh, yeah. 
And don't you love that Trump tweeted, like, to the great state of, of Kansas? Kansas. <laughs> I actually oh. retweeted that, and I was like, Trump, come on. Because it's an ongoing, like, and it's so funny because it's an ongoing debate. Like, Kansas right. City um, is on the borderline, so it's in Kansas, and it's in Missouri. Mm-hmm. But the Chief Stadium is literally 10 minutes from my house where I grew up, mm-hmm. and it's on the Missouri side, like, clearly. So it's a, we're very much Missourians. It was very upsetting that you yeah. ruined that moment for us, but it's fine. That pride, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, seriously? But it's right. fine, but not really. No. <laughs> not okay. Yeah. So were you into, what were you into growing up? Were you into sports? Were you, I mean, obviously you got into pageantry. So were you by accident? Okay. Okay. So I was a boy growing up, but like a a good one. So like I played, um, all boys baseball until I was about 11 or 12. And then the boys kind of figured out like girls have periods soon. So they (laughs) kicked me and my sister off. Um, and that was not fun, but it was okay because I played basketball, volleyball, ran track, like did everything that I could get my hands on. Mm-hmm. I was a gymnast and then I got too tall. So I had to stop that. Um, and I didn't even start, like I started modeling when I was 14. So most of my childhood was just like pure, just goofy silliness running around playing in mur- mud kind of thing. And then did someone discover you? How did you get into modeling? Um, I grew six inches over the summer. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I went from, I was oh. in, I'll never forget. I was in seventh grade to eighth grade and I went from five foot to five, six and I had stretch marks on my knees. And so I was like, oh. what is happening? And so my mom was like, well, you used to model when you were little. Do you want to try it? So um, I was like, sure. So like me and my cousin went to like an open call and they were like, okay, well, we'll let you walk in the show. But the first time you walk, you know, like just to test you, like it, you won't get paid for it. Like, let's just see if you're good at it. So we did a show and literally like there was no turning back after that. Like they booked me for the show like every year after that. Wow. And I did like all this modeling around Kansas City. Um, and it was just like something that came like a part of my life. So That's were you a- always com- sorry, were you always mm-hmm. confident? Because I imagine if you booked that show, there's gotta be something coming out of you that was impressing them. Um, okay, so I call it... Plus conf- your beauty, of well, course. Thanks. <laughs> I think it's like... No, no, no. I think it's like confidence by accident because my mom... So, like, my mom is a very, like, strong woman. Like, everybody thinks I'm sassy. Not No, my mother is sassy. She calls herself, like, queen. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, this woman. But she <laughs> told me, like, when I was younger, like, my two best friends at the time, um, which aren't my best friends anymore, but they were both five foot. And then here I am at five, six and like, I would like scrounge, like scrunch down to like be in pictures with them or like, you know, like not wear heels or like just stuff where it's like, okay, I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. And then she's just like, well, they're making you feel uncomfortable. You do not like slouch down. You need to stand up straight. Like if you're gonna, you know, exude confidence, like you need to not have, you know, like a, a spine that's like, you know, breaking because other people are short. Like it's not your fault. Don't, don't dim your light for them basically. And so I was like, okay, I'll try it. And then I tried it and I loved it. And I wasn't always really good at it. Like modeling was hard because I wasn't like skinny enough or I wasn't like tall enough or honestly like white enough, like where I'm from, there's only one token black girl. And obviously like I'm that girl. So it was kind of hard because even being in those rooms was like fun and exciting, but I was very aware that I was the only person allowed to be there. And so it was like more responsibility than I even like thought it would be. Wow. Yeah. And I can imagine because you going back to something you said in the beginning, you said that you kind of fought for your voice. 
at the table and that you're always so sweet and kind. So how did you kind of find your voice within the modeling industry? Because I did listen to you on a podcast where you said that models are kind of considered to be hangers. Mm. And I found that so interesting. It's like you're a hanger versus like having a strong personality. So how did you step into that personality and learn to speak your truth and to be more than just a body? Yeah, that's a great question. So number one, I would say is trial and error. Like I would love to just be like saying that I came in confident and I figured it out, but it it wasn't that it was more like I listened to my emotional guide and I felt things that didn't feel good. So I was like, okay, um, this doesn't feel good for me. I don't want somebody telling me, you know, at 14, 15, you need to lose this many pounds Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, just making me kind of feel like not myself. And so I kind of just adjusted. Like I was like, okay, so this is what feels comfortable for me. And I said very young, it's so crazy because the modeling industry is just now catching up. But I said very young to my agent, I'm like, Hey, I shouldn't have to be forced to fit this mold. Why don't you just market me the way that I am? Like what's wrong with the way that I am? And I was very told like so many times, and this is crazy because they're my closest friends right now because my agents have been there forever. But one agent told me, Bailey, you have a voice. You need to go into acting. Modeling is not going to be for you. It never will because they're not going to change. And that was her way of encouraging me like, hey, you have more talent, which I took as like, that's a great thing, but I want to model. So we need to figure out a way Mm, to let me do it. And then the other agent, she laughs and like, she still like apologizes to this day, but she's the one who told me there's never going to be a black Miss Missouri. You need to move to to Georgia. And I literally was like, oh, that really hurts because I'm like, I, at the time I was a flight attendant, I lived in Georgia. I don't want to compete in Georgia. I want to compete in Missouri because that's where I'm from. That's where we need it. Mm -hmm. And so obviously like I proved her wrong and she came to Miss USA to support me. And she, you know, has been one of my biggest cheerleaders, but it was a lot of no's, just a lot of like hitting your head against the thing. And people were like, okay, I get that you want to break the mold, but like, this is some really tough stuff. You can't do it. So I was just like, mm, no, don't feel that. Like, let's just go for it anyway. And if I fail, I just fail. Yeah, because I know that you have to get used to hearing no in oh. any industry, whether it's acting, modeling. I mean, no is heard far more than you're hearing yes. yes. And so for somebody who, you know, is potentially in that kind of a position, also struggling to find their voice and speak up for themselves, what advice would you impart on them to stay strong and to just keep moving forward. Um, literally it's so weird. Cause as you were saying that, like in my head, I'm just like, no means not yet. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I love that, but it's true. Like, it's so weird because I got told no so many times and every single time, like at first, like I was like sad, like, I was like, this is terrible. Why are they keep telling me? No, this is just the worst. And like, I can sit and I can mope and I can cry, but there's still this desire deep down inside for me to do it. So, okay, well, no right now, but it's just a not yet because it's going to get done. If you continuously do something, no matter what, like the law of attraction says, it has to come to you. So if I'm going to keep doing it, somebody's going to let me do it. And whether it's, you know, on us, like a runway in Milan or whether it's being on a campaign or billboard in Missouri, it doesn't matter to me because it's, it's just what I want to do. So mm-hmm. I've already done, you know, the campaigns and billboards and magazines at home. And now I'm like, let me go for a bigger scale. And that's just my choice. I could stop at any time, but I prefer not to. So whoever you are, like if you feel it deep down inside, the desire was put there by somebody um, and that somebody is usually greater than yourself. So there's a reason why you're going in that direction. So just keep going. Mm-hmm. 
What did the experience as you got deeper into modeling and had more opportunities and started to kind of realize that dream, what did that experience end up being like for you? Did you Um, end up doing international stuff like you had dreamed? So the crazy part is yes and no. Um, Yes, absolutely. I have modeled in almost every city that I've lived in and I've lived Mm -hmm. in a lot of them. So like I did, I had like, you know, agency experience in Dallas and New York and Atlanta and Missouri. And now that I'm in California, like I'm still, um, you know, meeting and working with agencies here, which is really fun. Um, I've modeled in campaigns like actually like out of the country, which is fun. I still want to get into like the London, Paris, Mm. you know, like market, which is also really different and cool. But the good thing about that is that they think Americans are foreign, which is so funny to me because obviously we think they're foreign. So going over there is a lot easy of a, you know, a transition than you would think. But I'm still really like chasing that dream because there's so much more to do. Like it doesn't change. And then now that finally they're letting representation into the modeling market of like different shapes, curves, figures, skin colors, like I cannot resist to be a part of that. So yeah. I don't think my modeling career will end anytime soon. I of think it's just not. getting started. Yeah, so. it's so exciting. Mm-hmm. And we'll be watching all Such that you continue to do. Yeah. yeah. It'll be so good because then you'll see me like on a billboard or like on a show or something. Like, hey. Yeah. Yes. We know her. Yes, we know. Yes. It'll, be, it'll be good. Yeah. And so the pressures of being a model have has that gotten to you? Because I remember actually Jess and I when we were much yeah. younger, we were scouted for like probably sketchy things that weren't even real. But they told both of us we needed to lose weight, you know, and we were so young and that was a turn off and we just didn't take it any farther. Good for well, you. Well, Anna was also I mean, there was a couple legit modeling agencies that scouted both of us, I remember. Ryan models and then mode models back in the Portland days. And I remember it wasn't just the weight thing. It was like, you need to cut your hair with like a side bang before Mm -hmm. it was even popular. And it was like, what is that? But then of course, like they predicted the the trends and it turned into a big thing. But yeah, but the, you know, the, the impact of, of the, the body pressure is really scary and dangerous. So well, that go- that gives me chills. Sorry, but it does. It just mm-hmm. that goes back to two things. So one, it's the hanger thing that I mentioned a lot because that hanger thing, people like laugh at it, but it's serious. Like you are a hanger. It's not about you. It's about the clothes. What people don't realize is that it's never been about size when it comes to modeling. It's been about sample material. They want to mm-hmm. make the smallest size mm-hmm. because they want to save the largest amount of money. So the smallest size, which is the person, can only fit in that sample size. So when they say your sample size, it really just means like it's not even a compliment it just means like great I can use you because you're just the hanger that I need wow yeah yeah because before they know the design is gonna make it and launch these are struggling you know artists basically that's what designers are so they're trying to use as little as fabric as possible because what if their launch doesn't take off Mm -hmm. so you kind of just have to realize that like they are looking at you as a hanger your only job is to be there to model the clothes you don't have a voice You, you know none of that um and then the second thing Um, that I would really, really think about is goes back to my like kind of platform of, I really heard, um, you're meant to be a light in a dark place. And that dark place for me is the modeling industry. I've known that since I was like 14, my dad, um, like I went to Baylor, I was pre-med. I, I left college, um, a year to model, came back, grabbed my degree and kept going. Um, but my dad was like, 
sweetie, you are brilliant. Like you have a 4.0, you're, you're going to like one of the top schools. Like I want you to be a doctor. Why are you modeling? Like it seems so much like scrutiny. It seems heavy on your spirit. And I literally just said like, dad, I don't know. I feel like I was called to do this. So this is what I'm going to do. And now I'm doing like I don't know it just led me here so breaking barriers yeah. yeah and so you had the mentality of like you understand what it is you're not going to make it more than that and you're mm-hmm. not going to let it mess with your mind right you're going to mm-hmm. stay strong you're going to stay confident yeah you have to because and you have to know your worth my worth is so much more than whatever the heck hanger they think I am yeah. um I'm more focused on the girls in the industry like it's so weird because I don't care about clothes. I don't care about fashion. Really? It's not my thing. Um, mm-hmm. The crazy part is I have a stylist. I don't even dress myself. Like, I don't care about that stuff. My my sport is modeling. So mm-hmm. I care about the girls. When I look at runway shows, I'm like, I know who that girl is. I know who that girl is. She signed to this agency. It's more of like a, a competitive thing for me. Mm, got it. Okay. Yeah, I'm also wondering now that things are changing in the mm-hmm. modeling industry and there are companies that are looking for body types of all different sizes, proportions. Are there any brands or um, magazines that you think are doing it really well? Sports Illustrated is killing it. Mm, yeah. And they've mm-hmm. usually always killed it, but now they even have more of a platform to open that up. So they um, actually had their first model in a hijab this year and she was awesome I think it was last year Sports Illustrated she was actually um, a woman who competed for Miss USA and she lost but she's blown up so much bigger than Miss USA she was Mm. actually my Miss USA judge when I was there and she's younger than me her name is Halima Um, but there's like women of curve plus like all of that so I want to work with Sports Illustrated I want to work with Maxim I want to work with um Fenty Beauty, Rihanna's the bomb. Yes. That runway show that yes. she did with that all-inclusive, like, everyone, that made me happy. So, like, mm-hmm. those are actually the three companies that are on my vision board this year. So oh. we're going to get that done. Yeah, you and it, it's also embracing natural beauty, too. Yeah. You know, it's like it doesn't have to always be so glam. You don't have to be covered in, like, layers of foundation. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're going that route, too, yes. which and is really the, beautiful. the oddness. So the crazy part is, like, when I live in New York, it was more like I got told – the most random thing. You're too pretty. We don't want you to be that pretty. We want you to be odd. Odd. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like they want more the odd beauty, like the, mm-hmm. the disproportioned eyes, mm-hmm. the the teeth gaps, the thigh gaps. Mm-hmm. They don't want you to look too pretty because then you take the attention away from the clothes. Well, mm-hmm. and then it's like this never enoughness. No. Nope. Like you're too pretty. You're not pretty enough. You're too yeah. big. You're, you know, you hear curve models talking about they would lose weight and, and feel great and maybe, you know, start on like a nutrition journey or whatever and they're not doing it to like fit the mold and then all of a sudden they're not getting any jobs exactly because they've lost weight i know friends here who agencies have said you need to gain weight and they're plus size models Mm -hmm. so they're already bigger um than they've ever been and their agency is encouraging them to gain more because obesity is in is what they're being told wow which is like that's not healthy so Mm -hmm. even though it has opened up it sucks because the the industry hasn't changed. They are just doing what they think the customers want yeah. and they're trying to give it to them. But by doing that, they're forcing girls into molds that are not them instead of taking people as they are and realizing that the trend is inclusivity. Mm. Yeah. And even more reason to speak your truth the way that you do and say like, hey, we're going to find jobs that do fit me that I want to be a part of. Exactly. And I'm only going to do that. Exactly. And, and good for you for standing strong in that. Yeah. You know? Standing your ground. Yeah. At what point does pageantry enter the picture for you? 
Okay, this, this is a fun story, but it's also a very like morbid story. So just prepare, okay, prepare yourself. yourself. So, um, I can like wholeheartedly like talk about it now, and I know that it's just like something that's a part of my journey because I have a few things that have been like kind of bumping bumps in the road, but they've led me to even bigger breakthroughs. So when I was seventeen, um, so rewind to my family I grew up in a very like religious household like we um and it's not like we weren't strict they my parents like are loving and like they they are good to us but we grew up in church so we were taught to like save yourself till marriage and so at 17 I ended up getting sexually assaulted by a boy Mm -hmm. and I was so upset because I dated a guy um that was two years older than me and I kept myself through all our relationship he cheated on me with a girl and that hurt my heart so I dated a friend on his basketball team just to make him jealous and then that friend ended up sexually assaulting me so I was so oh oh, I was so like Bailey what the heck yeah because I was just like why did you know like it was just everything happened so fast to where I was just like okay what did I do now and then it was honestly I'll call it a spiritual transformation because it was a spiral um from that I literally was like okay so the whole virginity label of the whole like good girl is gone Mm. at least in my head it was to other people maybe not I really don't know but in Mm. my head I felt like okay you don't have your worth anymore like who are you like what are are you gonna do and so after that I kind of just went on like this like download spiral to where like no one knew what was going on with me I didn't even know what was going on me with me and I was just trying to figure things out so I got into college right the summer after and by then I hadn't had like I don't know, maybe three other boyfriends by then. So I'm just like going through people. It's crazy. So I I like get this college boyfriend and he is a mess, but it's so funny because he taught me a lot too. So he had like two other girlfriends when we got together, had no idea, but one of them was like in my Spanish class. The other one was like, like, it's just crazy. It was just crazy. The things that we got into, but anyway, did they know about you? Yes. Oh, that, but they it's a long story one of them I was sick one time one of them brought me soup like I it was a lot but they didn't know it I really don't know what he was telling them but long story short I ended up falling in love with this guy and I ended up being like the girl that like settled him down which was not accomplishment but whatever so he ended up doing something crazy um and it kind of sent me on another spiral like the crazy thing is he was dating this girl she was older than him and she caused me and was like like it was a mixture of story but like she called me and she's like hey like I might have given him an STD and I was like wait what <sighs> like it was just a mess and so at this point I'm like this is too much how are girls calling this is a lie right. so I'm like no I'm not doing time this to go. yes so literally time to go so <laughs> yeah. my almost junior year of college I packed up all my stuff after finals after this happened didn't tell him my friends anyone just packed up my dorm and went home yeah. like left went home and I was like mom I'm modeling for a year and like that was my story um, model for a year and during that time of modeling that's when I tried my first pageant and I was like I'm gonna try a pageant so I'm gonna go back to dancing I'm gonna go back to modeling everything that used to make me happy when I was a little girl yeah. um just to to find my ground because I was like I'm not this is not me I'm not going on a downward mm-hmm. spiral I need to figure out who I am tried a pageant and Miss Missouri was the pageant I went um through the experience and I was like cool great that was fun never doing that again like not interested and I was 19 at the time mm. and then something tapped me on my shoulder like a few years later and was like you need to do it again and so I tried a pageant again and that time accidentally I got first runner up and I was like hold like when I say like an inch from winning the pageant the first time I was like top 15, didn't think anything about it, yeah. didn't go any further. And 
it hit me like that year like the director of the pageant as soon as it was over and was like you're coming back next year to win and I just go what like no 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 (laughs) like I'm not I'm done with pageants and he's like no you have to and that's when we kind of realized there's never been a black Miss Missouri um I'm the only black woman who's ever made top five like it was just like an accident and like people are like did you plan it did you go in knowing nope had no clue it just was like meant for me and so I came back the next year and I won um and I ended up going to Miss USA fast forward from Miss USA that's where they found me for Big Brother I've met my husband on Big Brother and now I'm here so it's just like everything that happens to me it is as crazy as it sounds it just seems very like meant for me yeah Yeah. like it's very like nothing is on purpose it's just me kind of growing and learning and I happen to just be in a place where I'm ready to accept like big things but also there's a theme of you always knowing yourself and like what you need you know you didn't hang around to be treated like shit like you decided you're packing up and getting out of there there and you were channeling your young self like this is what made me happy and this is what I need to do whereas I think you know many of us including myself will stay in those kinds of relationships and be abused and be miserable just to please somebody else and not knowing ourselves and not knowing where to turn or what support to ask for. Exactly. So I think that you are an inspiration for, you know, a lot of women out there and hearing your story and your journey, I think can offer light and support for, for others who are feeling, you know, maybe down or depressed or in a hard, yeah. No, seriously. And I think like one thing I will say, um, to all of like the people and not even limited to women, the people that are in those dark spaces, um, when you notice like it's weird because I've been reading a lot lately, but I've kind of started calling it your emotional like set point. So when you notice that your emotions are not where they need to be, like that's your body warning you like, Hey, something's wrong. Let's Mm -hmm. figure out how to go back in the other direction. So for me, it's like when I'm feeling depressed, I have to think of something that makes me feel better. And Mm -hmm. for me, that was like, okay, what did you like to do? What brought you joy when you were younger? And I pulled myself towards those things. And this little boy from wherever the heck he was from was not one of those things. And so I was like, you got to go. You know, so just kind of like you adjust. You really quandoed him. There or we whatever. go. Condo. <laughs> yes. But you, hey, listen, you got to go. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I just was like, let me do the work. So don't ever hesitate from doing the work. And what's best for you should be best for the people in your life as well. So if you start working on you and that person starts you know sabotaging mm-hmm. that just might not be the person red flag mm-hmm. yeah red flag yeah and it sounds like you just have these intuitive hits too that you really listen to girl like that the crazy part is like I'm starting to get more in tune with just like my spirituality and it's crazy because you know when you start telling people like hey like I just got this like voice in my head that told me hey you need to go in a different direction to me I'm like yo I don't want people to think I'm like hearing things or I'm crazy (laughs) but it is true it's like you hear a voice deep down inside yourself that says hey like you know I have something for you but you're gonna have to be a little bit uncomfortable to go get it and so I just am like I'd rather feel better than feel the way that I feel right now Mm -hmm. so I'm willing to sacrifice that I'll do all the work because I've been in some really dark places and I don't ever want to be in them again so if I have to do a little bit of work to experience like ultimate joy I'll do it yeah and I have to say I think that advice works for anybody going through a hard time thinking about the things that bring you joy, interests, hobbies, activities, getting back in touch with those things lights you up. It it, it is hard to, I mean, depression is a real thing and a lot of people deal with that and, you know, might need meds and things Mm -hmm. like that, that overcomplicate, but there are 
times where you're doing the things you love, it's really hard to feel really sad yeah. if you're doing, filling mm-hmm. your life with that and staying busy with all of that. And it's both. Like the crazy part, you can use, you know, like if you're prescribed antidepressants or medication, yeah. you can use those and you still be working both. on. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. You can work on yourself because the, this is what, and this is me and my health wellness stuff. The medicine is not there to cure the problem. The medicine is there to treat the symptoms. You have to cure the problem. So you have to dig deep and figure out what you can do to get to the root of the situation so that you don't have to be stuck taking medicine your whole life. Definitely. I actually went to a mental health awareness event and I was always kind of against medication Mm -hmm. for depression just because I didn't know enough about it. And I was like, you know, there's all these tools and meditation and doing the work. And I feel like it was a little bit of ignorance on my part to be like, oh, you know, you don't need medication. You can get through it on your own. Well, you also have a mom that's into holistic medicine. Yeah, I was just going to preface So the thing is, yeah, Yeah. like you might not, you know, because I've had like the crazy part is like I am into yoga. Like I'm a certified yoga teacher. I love to meditate. Mm -hmm. But where I come from, especially within like the like African-American community, medicine is like a no, no. Like, oh, you got like especially mental health medicine. Mm -hmm. Like you're not supposed to do it. But I had hit such a low point in my life that I was like, mom, I need something. And like it scared her. She was like, well, we need to figure it out. So now that I like I don't take anything for like, you know, anxiety or depression or anything like that. I understand how people can be in like such lows where they feel like they need it. But then also I understand that if you put in the work, you can get to a place where you don't. So it's in both ways. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that they said at the event that struck a chord with me was think one of the guys who was speaking said, think of it this way. Like, You'll, you have a headache. Maybe you're someone who has a lot of headaches. This analogy resonated with me because mm-hmm. I used to have really terrible migraines. So it's like you have a headache and, you know, you meditate, you drink a lot of water, you eat a healthy meal, and the headache goes away and you feel good. Mm-hmm. You do it again. The same thing works. Another day you get a headache and you do all of the things and nothing works. So you mm-hmm. take an ibuprofen mm-hmm. and it helps. And then you're able to do the work. Right. And that kind of helped, you know, it clicked for me where it's like, okay, for some people getting on some form of medication gives them that push that they need to then go and do the work to journal, to yes. do yoga, to meditate. And I think combined that can be, you know, really healing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Yeah. I think it's yeah. good to talk about just to take away the shame just from say, it. Yeah. But I think to your point, it's like leading with doing the work and going after right. what is best for you. And then the rest can only, you know, be more uphill than if you were to do nothing. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Did you reference your health and wellness kind of challenges? Did you have anything else with health and wellness that you struggled with? You know, the crazy part is like, I had like... I wouldn't say that it's anything else, but like when I was younger, like, and I remember it vividly, I'm so open to talking about it now, but for a long time, my mom was like, don't ever say that. Don't talk about it. People will think you're like weak. And it scared me because when I was younger, I remember the first time I ever got like a suicidal thought, I was maybe 10 years old. I was in my grandmother's house. Nothing was wrong in my life. And it scared me because I'm like, Mm. Uh, listen, and I, when I tell you nothing was wrong, like I am the most like blessed human, like my sisters, my family's, everybody's great. We've never like struggled in our lives, like no, no issue. But I felt like it almost felt like an attack of my mind. And I was like, yo, like this is so weird because my life is great. Mm -hmm. And so I knew like, okay, there's some anxiety associated with things. There's some, like I would get to really, really dark, dark, dark points. And I'm like, what, what in my life is leading me here? Mm -hmm. So 
I feel like, and like, this is just my thing. Like I told, um, you ladies before we even started the podcast and I'll, uh, you know, like just bring everybody up to speed. Like, I feel like I was called like on this earth to bring lights, the light to dark places. And part of that has to do with like mental illness. Part of that has to do with sexual assault. Part of that has to do with miscarriages, which we'll get to. And I don't think I could have accurately represented in any of these things unless I experienced them. So Mm -hmm. those things came and like, thank God I'm strong enough to kind of figure it out in my body and figure out what makes me feel better. But I didn't want to be on medication my whole life. Like I feel fine. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of figure out what are my other options. And that's when I dived into yoga and meditation. And even just like reading books that make me feel better and teaching me how to control my mind and like radiate positive energy. Yeah. So there's been a lot of like work for me on that front, yeah. but I had to feel it in mm-hmm. order to um, heal it. And, yeah. th- and that's, that's it right there. It's like often we don't with anything, we don't have the patience. Like we want quick fixes. We want things to work now, yeah. especially when you're really depressed and you're hurting, you want to feel better. And why oh, wouldn't you right. You want to be a part of society and live your life and, and be able to be social and have relationships and, and nobody can understand what it feels like, but to know that it's going to be a journey, but at the end of it is a gift that is your, your story and your message to share. Yes. Which is like awesome that we're even talking about it because I mean, I don't know if you guys know, but like when we were growing up, there was no conversation about any of this, not about like, like you guys say, not about hormones, not about sex, not about, you know, depression, not about anything. And so it's like, I'm so happy that like our generation is at least stepping up and opening up that conversation because yeah. I would have loved when I was younger to go and like look up a YouTube video of like, Hey, what's, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like these are things we need to hear. And I will say just on a side note, I looked at your YouTube and the first video that popped up was about skin health. Oh, and I just thanks. love <laughs> your realness. You're like, morning, this is my crusty face and my crusty Girl. eye. You're just like, there, here no, it is, like, I look, up look close. In, I look up in the camera, and I'm like, girl, you got crust in your eyes. Yes. <laughs> but it's like, it I awesome. want it to be real. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm tired of looking at, you know, YouTube videos or commercials where people are glamorous and perfect. That's not yes. realistic. Like, yeah. I just want it to be real. It's so refreshing, and I love it. I was just laughing out loud. And it's like, that's all of us. You know, mm-hmm. we wake up, and it's like, ooh, you know? And, like, <laughs> let's show that. We are not all waking up looking perfect. Right. So yeah. appreciate that. But I did want to go back to pageant life, because okay. I'm super super curious about that whole world. Yes, I've never been a part of it. I've never really seen much about it. Um, I mean, obviously like, I just don't know what it's like to go through it mm-hmm. and especially being like probably one of few women of color, if not, mm-hmm. you said maybe the only one woman. I don't know if, um, at Miss USA, there was six of us. Miss so USA. out of the 51 wow. girls, there were six. Yeah. And actually my year, um, uh, an African-American woman won and that was bomb and we had a great time, but it was, different like so okay so back to pageant life when I won Miss Missouri USA um it was just a mixture like I had so much to be proud of but then there were also people that were like crazy like I live in Missouri so people were like (sighs) sending like threats and like I'm like okay we are in it was 2017 I'm like this is come on like grow up like Mm -hmm. we got to do better Mm -hmm. so that was like interesting but the preparation to Miss USA was another journey like I'm telling you I'm blessed because I just do work for a living like if that's what I like the spiritual work is just my life. So getting to Miss USA, I had to get comfortable in all of my problems. So my platform, I chose sexual assault and abuse. That was something that I had just come to terms with. So brave. Girl, listen, I don't, if I would have known, maybe I wouldn't have chose it, but I think God did that in a way where uh, he just made me be like, nope, go ahead and blindly choose it because this is something you can actually speak to. So you had to be prepared like to 
volunteer. So like I worked at like a, a sexual assault and abuse clinic where like if somebody actually gets sexual sexually abused, don't have anybody to go with, they can call and either talk to us on the phone or somebody will meet them at the hospital with mm. a change of clothes, with, the, you know, like directions. Because if you're sexually assaulted, the first thing people want to do is take a shower. Don't do that. Because then you'll never be able to prosecute the person who did it to you because you don't have the germs anymore. So as painful as it sounds, we need to go to the doctor. We need to get a test ran immediately. And then I'll bring you clothes so that you can shower. So there's so many things where it's like, I learned that, which Mm. was like hard. Like that right there is major education. But huge. You see that? Yeah. But people assume. And then you see it in the movies. The first thing the girl does is go and scrub every ounce of her body. Mm -hmm. That's not good because... how are we ever going to find this person, especially if you don't know them? So mm-hmm. another thing that I learned was I had to go back and forgive, which was that year was so hard for me because everybody's texting me, congratulations, this is a big deal, when they're not realizing I had to go back and forgive all these people, you know, from that past. Mm-hmm. The craziest thing is I was a flight attendant. I haven't even told anybody this story. I have this thing where I, like, I feel things. Like, so I was thinking about, like, the guy who did this to me a lot. And like, whenever you, you know how, like when you're like thinking about somebody that you're in a fight with and then you run into them at the grocery store, Oh yeah, like that happens to me all the time. So I'm like thinking about him. I'm a flight attendant. He's on my flight. (gasps) What? Girl, I I did. And I was like, oh my God. And the crazy part is he, when he saw me, he looked like he saw a ghost. And so I knew, like, I was like, okay, like this is fine. And the crazy part is like, my husband would be pissed at me because I'm always nice to people who do me wrong. That's my thing. Mm -hmm. I don't, it's not even on purpose. Like I wish I could be mean, but like the awkward tits of me are just like super nice. It's not my thing. So like I served him a drink and I got him like snacks, whatever he needed, just like everybody else. And when he, the plane landed, he bolted off. That was the last time I've seen him. Last time I've heard from him. Last time anything. And it gave me so much closure because I was just like, wow, like it, that part of my la- chapter is closed. But that was all happening. I was preparing for Miss USA. I thought I wanted to miss win Miss USA. But at the same time, I was so terrified. I knew that I didn't. Um, so it was just kind of like, OK, I feel like I'm on a ride right now. Where are you taking me? So yeah. that was pageant life for me. Pageant life for everybody else is not as extreme. Uh, but there's it's just a ton of fun stuff. Like, just like modeling, like, you have walking pra- practice. You get to find, like, pretty dresses. The girls are not as bad as they look on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. There was, like, some drama. Like, some girls are mean because they want, like, when you all want the same thing. Some people have different ways of getting that thing. Yeah. So that's where the cattiness comes in. But um, for the most part, all the girls were so nice. They all, you know, volunteered. They all you know, we're really good girls. Um, and all of them, most of them now, like we still have a group chat. They still like cool. support me with everything. Yeah. Like it's like a sisterhood. And then honestly, we all have that experience that nobody will ever know about, like to be on the Miss USA stage, to be on national television, mm-hmm. even me, like I made top 10, I won Miss Congeniality. So to get like my girls voting for me, cause they thought I was like, I don't know, funny. I don't like, I don't think I'm funny, but whatever. Like they all were like, we like her. So like, that was just nice to kind of have like that bond and no, like the Super Bowl statistics are like, it is more likely for your son to play in the Super Bowl than your daughter to go to Miss USA. Wow. That needs to be like your mantra on your wall. But it's on your vision board. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So it's an accomplishment and it's, it's very serious because it's like people like look at pageantries and they're like, oh, like Miss Congeniality is funny. And like, the thing is, it is funny and it is a fun thing to do, but these women are badasses. Like yeah. the girl who won my year was a nuclear scientist. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. 
It's um, getting, it seems like it's getting more and more that way. Yeah, it's like political now. Which yeah. is, but I think it's because the women got tired of people just being like, oh, we want to see them in a swimsuit. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I want to see myself in a swimsuit too, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I also am brilliant and I can carry myself well and I speak and I have passions, you know? So it's yeah. not just a Barbie doll in a swimsuit. Yeah, it's not being one thing or another. Exactly. It's being everything all that you above. are. Yeah, yeah, all of the above. I, I mean, love I think that. a lot of it too is the stereotypes that are portrayed in the media. Like you see, I can't remember her name, but one of the Miss Americas answering a question. Oh, that was hysterical. And it was. And such as. It was, and such wow. as. The some maps. Americans don't have maps. Yep. Um, and it was like, that was replayed over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so, I that's mean, hysterical. you could take well, away. And it's funny, but it's also like, that's a stereotype and that's what people see. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, Miss America, these like dumb chicks, exactly. you know? And it's like, so not how it is at all and i think the crazy part sorry even like us pageant people we laugh about that because it's hysterical it was yeah Um, and even at miss usa you have like everybody is on edge during the questions because somebody's bound to mess up because yeah the pressure is unreal so it's like when girls slip up and they say crazy things like sometimes it's hysterical because they genuinely just don't know what they're talking about but sometimes it's just like a mistake so it's hard and like girls work overtime to kind of get that negative press back but it's the same thing like Janet Jackson in the Super Bowl you're never gonna forget that like you can't you you can't so it's like it's just funny because the people from the outside looking in that's all they think about but when you're in it it's another competitive sport yeah did you have any moments where you slipped up ever no wow (laughs) she won I'm perfect no No, um I didn't but at the same time there's things that like haunt me when it comes to like my performance because I'm I'm a perfectionist person so there's like times where like I wish I would have been more vulnerable because in pageantry, um, you try to put on like a perfect front, but when you're vulnerable, it really gives that connection, but you kind of have to be, there's like an art to it. So you don't want to be so vulnerable that you're a mess, but you don't want to be so perfect that they can't relate to you. So there's a lot of things where I'm like, Oh, well, what if I would have said this or whatever, would have done this. But, um, so Kyra, the girl who won my year, I happen to know her very well. And my teen, Miss Missouri teen, actually won Teen USA that year, too. So it was kind of like I was still in the family. But Kyra, I would never have taken her, the win away from her because it was her win. Mm. Like, that's genuinely how I think. This was hers to win. Yeah. If I would have won Miss USA, I never would have been recruited from Big Brother. I never would have met my husband. And I never would have won at my life. So I don't Ugh. want other people's wins. I want only mine. Mm, so that's, that's how fun. I feel. Um, Mic drop. But it's true. <laughs> I'm like, really, like, I don't, I, I'm not that, per, like, jealousy and envy, like, it's crazy because I'm like quoting the Bible right now, but like it says like where there's jealousy and envy, there's evil of every kind. I don't have mm-hmm. that bone in my body and I don't want other people's things. And being Miss USA is not easy. Like that's some, you tour, that's hard work. Yeah. Like you got to be weighed and measured and all, like there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So it's like at that point in my life, I wasn't ready for that. I was just there for like the emotional healing that I needed. I yeah. got it. And then now I'm off to somewhere else. Perfect. Yeah. And b- before we move on, what are some things that you did to mentally prepare yourself for those like on stage moments and those Mm. super yeah those super like intense times so crazy part is my um pageant director is lit he took us to corporate training so we had pageant boot camps so we had two pageant boot camps before miss usa and he brought in a specialist that normally does olympic olympic athletes and um, business corporations so he taught us about like visualizing the win um Mm. which is like awesome because 
it has like a, a meditation kind of property to it. Um, but he taught us how to train our mind that like, if you want to win something, you can't think of anything else. Like there's no negative. The minute you let doubt in is a minute that you lost it for yourself. Mm -hmm. So teaching, um, and he taught us with shooting. So he was a professional shooter. Um, like gun range is like Olympic and he like made a perfect, like 10 out of 10 at like the Olympic games, like for years in a row. Um, and basically what he's saying is he actually rarely shot physically with a gun. He spent all his time in his room visualizing his shots. (gasps) Wow. Yeah. And so that way that he, he could actually visualize perfect hits every single time and memorize like with his body, how it felt to win. So when you like radiate those good emotions and you feel only the good ones, your body is not used to the other ones. So it naturally corrects itself. So it's the same with like, the law of attraction like when you visualize good like feeling feelings you attract them to you mm-hmm. the minute you vi- visualize something negative that's when it comes so there was no room for error basically yeah. is what they taught us and you really can feel it like you know when you do something right and you know when you do something wrong so that's so powerful do you yeah. do that in any kind of do you write down visualizations or is it all just like sitting? What is the space and the yeah. moment look like when you're so doing this ex- oh, exercise? I'm having a great time. This is so fun. I like talking <laughs> about this stuff. Okay. So I just picked up a book, um, called ask and you sh- ask and it is given. Um, and it's a book about manifestation, but it's also about visual- visualization. So at the end of the book, it gives you about maybe 24 different processes to visualize. Mm. And so one of them is, um, you can write it down on a piece of paper. One of them's a box. So you can have like a box of all the things that you want to visualize and you put it in the box and then you sit there and you pull them out. And like, as you pull out a piece of paper or a picture, you sit for a moment and you visualize what that means to you. And that's like for like manifesting things in your life. For me, I like to visualize things like me being on a runway, how it's going to feel, who I'm walking for, you know, what am I going to be wearing, how, you know, like that. So I like to do it in meditation because to me that I can feel like all the senses, like my body actually tingles and it's weird, but I love it. Um, but some people are better on paper. So they write down specifically like, Hey, for my body, I want, you know, this feeling, I want to be this skinny, this blah, blah, blah. And then you write down why, and you kind of just like meditate on it for a second. You're like, okay, that, that feels good to me. And then you move on to my relationship, my house, my kids, and then you just kind of go about the list, but it gives you the directions in the book. And I'm, mm. I'm obsessed. Read it. Ooh, we'll what is that, that called again? Ask and it is given. Ask and it is given. Ooh, that sounds like a winner. Yeah, girl. It's weird. <laughs> the first, when you read it at first, you're like, what is going on? But then you're like, I actually feel like this is like resonating with me. It's like my, it's exercises for the mind Mm -hmm. that we all need to do more of. And we do all this exercise and we focus on food, but we don't really focus on our mind and training our mind. Exactly. And that's like the most important thing because Mm -hmm. you would feel so much better if you just learned to train your mind as much as you train your body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it's done wonders for you clearly. So (laughs) we need to take note. So moving into your experience with Big Brother, mm-hmm. uh, we have to be honest, we've never actually watched the show. It's okay. And I didn't see it before I went on it. And I heard that, yeah. So yeah. tell us how you found out about it and when you decided you wanted to get into it. So, okay, this goes back to everything in my life being a domino effect, and I feel like the opportunities in my life are just attracted to me. So um, I got a message 
on Facebook, actually, um, through a casting director that was like, hey, I cast him one of the USA Girls last year for Survivor, and I found you on her friends list. Would you like to come? And I just go, nope, not interested. I was not going to Survivor. It wasn't my thing. <sighs> so I was like, nope, but thanks. And he, like, messaged me again. He was like, hey, like, just so you know, like, I'm legit. Like, Google me. And I go, okay. So I, like, Google him. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. You know, like, you're not a creeper. You're not trying to, like, sell me something weird. <laughs> and so he was just like, hey, like, I know you said no to Survivor, but, like, can you, like, have a phone call? And so I'm like, this guy's really persistent, but okay. So I, he calls me and he's like, um, we have another show called Big Brother. Would you be interested? And I'm like, never heard of it, never seen it. And he's like, I'm going to send you a season. Just as soon as you watch the season, let me know. And so I'm like, okay. So I call my sister and I'm like, Brit, like her name is Brittany. I'm like, Brittany, I don't know what they're talking about. And she's like, I mean, I've heard of it. Why not? And I was like, <laughs> okay. So I watched the season and I'm like, okay, this looks cute. It looks not like dangerous. It's not like, you yeah. know, wild reality to where you're just like, you know, people are like stripping on poles and, you know. Yes. So yeah. I was like, okay, I'm not going to die. Not the Jersey Shore. There we go. Um, but I was like, okay, so I'll try it. So he actually... I turned him down again and maybe a month later I was with a friend and I was just like they keep kind of like hitting me up and she was like you have nothing else to do like you need to go and I was like oh whatever but okay <laughs> but at this time like Miss USA was over I was flight attending but I was only flight attending until after Miss USA so I kind of mm. knew that I wanted to stop flight attending um and this is just the opportunity they present itself so I was like okay so I call him was like hey like I'll be open to it and he's like what are you doing this week and I was like nothing like working and he's just like can you get out of work and I'm like yeah I can trade a trip like it's not a big deal and he's like I need you in LA and I was like okay so they booked my flight took me to LA and I was in a hotel for a week and I literally they didn't even tell me how long I was gonna be there like he just <laughs> told me like I need you in LA so I'm thinking okay like I'll be there for a few days and on day five I'm like okay somebody needs to tell me what's going on why am I still here what the hell is happening and I was in the finals process for Big Brother and I didn't even know it whoa <gasps> yep. what were you doing for those five days so in the five days like they take you to different like tests so like you do like a mental test you do a physical um kind of like some social experiment stuff that they want to make sure that you're like actually who you are you know like if you say you're this person they want to make sure mm -hmm. you get to like talk to like the casting directors and like you know really showcase your personality but it's crazy because if i would have known this is another if i would have known mm -hmm. if i would have known how competitive big brother is maybe i would have tried a little harder <laughs> but i did like i just literally like had fun at the interview like they were asking me questions about flight attending and i was just like telling dramatic stories <laughs> And like having like having a good time and um like the last day they put us in a van and they're like hey you've made it to the final 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 and I was like what does that mean and they're like the whole week people have been going home and you didn't notice I'm like no <laughs> driving yeah. Like yeah so like when we got there there was a ton of people like I just was like okay all these people I didn't you know but you can't talk to anybody so you don't know what's going on and then as the week goes by they release like people at like throughout the days and so if you make it to the end they take you to like cbs and they they kind of like do an interview and like they decide so it's it's interesting you know but mm -hmm. i was i've never been through anything like that so i was like okay cool so i'm in the van just you know like chilling and oh, i don't know this at the time but the cast members that i was on the show with there's some of them in there <laughs> i never knew them you know like we just don't know mm -hmm. um and so ended up getting cast for the show um quit my job, moved from Atlanta to Missouri within the week, dropped my stuff at my mom's house, and then they came and got me, took my phone, and the rest is history. Where is it filmed? It's in L.A. 
Okay, so tell us the premise of the show. And side note, do you get paid? Yeah, for being on? okay. Because I know God. some reality you don't. Yeah, some of them they don't really pay you unless you win. Mm-hmm. But this one they pay you. Um, but the premise of the show: sixteen random strangers stuck in a house playing games, and it's basically whoever la- lasts in the house the longest wins. So you play games, and then people can vote you out. So you obviously don't want to get voted out if yeah. you make it top nine or jury. So if you make it to jury, you get to stay the whole time and vote on the winner. Um, but yeah, it's a very like interesting. what kind of game? Yeah, look at creepy games. Um, <laughs> no, it's not creepy. It's like backyard games is what we call them. So it is like you can. It's weird because you can like race each other. You can throw balls and like things. <laughs> um, there was a snake pit competition. No thanks, I'm out. Girl, yes, and then like there was like water and people got taste. Like it was. Just <laughs> weird stuff like they I don't really know where they get the games from but I had no idea it was like a game show yeah it's a competition game show okay and meanwhile are they of course they're like hoping for hookups and drama and all that yeah I don't think they were hoping for what they got (laughs) (laughs) but yes they're hoping for like it's a social experiment as well so that's Mm -hmm. what makes it so fun there's live feeds so people can watch you 24 7 oh my god which is extremely invasive but why not um so but yeah so like people just watch it 24 7 so it's like people from all different backgrounds and they know who's gonna get along they know who's gonna clash like that's just a part of the show and they want to kind of watch that on fold so yeah so you met your now husband yes. you guys are so cute Thank we you. can't wait to get into some so questions cute. about your relationship Thank but you. how did that come to be like did you guys kick, uh, hit it off as soon as you were in the house no not at all um so his name is chris which is what i call him but everybody calls him swaggy so um if either one come out of my mouth that's what i'm talking about so he when I first walked in, I'm not going to lie. Like, this is just me and my, like, whole coming from Missouri and, like, never seeing any other black people. Like, I was just like, there's another black person here. Like, I thought I was going to be the only one. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's fine. I want to be his friend. Like, that was just, like, my mm-hmm. first initial thought. And then when he looked at me the first time, he told me he thought I was really pretty, um, like, later. But he was like, I'm here for the game. I don't even want to talk to her. Like, we can just be friends. And so I was like, oh. So I guess I kind of, like, followed him around for a while. So <laughs> we went to go get champagne, and he helped me. But I just was kind of asking him a ton of questions, and he was just like, this girl won't let up. So um, he ended up winning the first competition, but he was, like, really cocky about it on accident because he's stupid, so he doesn't (laughs) know when he's being cocky. So he comes in the house, and we're already done with our competition, and everybody's like, why are you here, like, just by yourself? It's just him. And he's like, I mean, what do you mean? Like, I won. Like, of course I'm here by myself. (laughs) And I just go, why are you so aggressive? Like, congratulations. (laughs) to kind of, like, trying to, like, make the moment a little bit like lighter mm-hmm. but everybody else was like and they hated him <laughs> so. <laughs> so he was he kind of like a villain on the show not on purpose but yeah he, yeah like he, yeah he didn't mean to be like he's, he wasn't a villain i wouldn't say that but he was like the first target mm-hmm. so that was not fun um but i immediately just kind of like latched onto him and i was like hey like you need to tone it down like you need to chill and then we had another competition where i almost won i was second to this guy um named tyler in our season and him and i were supposed to be working together but he kind of like he was like a little snaky like that's just his personality so he kind of flipped it on me and i was like tyler like you were supposed to be working with me like you might not want to do that and like everybody else was like is she threatening you so then i became the target Mm. and so swaggy was like hey like i got you and that was like our bond so for like the first few days he just called me like his sister and I was fine with it never even thought anything of it and then um 
a few days later, our friend Caitlin, who actually was the backstabbing traitor that made Swaggy go home. I love you, Caitlin. Um, <laughs> but she told me, she's like, I think he likes you. And I was like, well, if that's the case, he needs to stop calling me his sister because that's creepy. And, and that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so I was like, what the heck? Who does that? And so, yeah, that's defense mechanism. Like, yeah. oh, I don't want to get hurt if she so, doesn't so like call me. call your sister. Yeah. Yeah. Great idea. Hey, yeah. Great idea. So. Sexist. Yeah. Creepy. Well, so is it the kind of show where they can make you look bad through editing or is it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, everybody has a care. Here's the thing. So I think there was a, a added advantage for me because I came from the modeling world. I've done commercial. I've done, you know, kind of that narrative kind of where people script you. So that wasn't different for me. Um, I knew the character I was there to play. And that's another thing where I'm very open about what Hollywood is. So coming into the modeling world, um, I am very aware that like they have to meet a quota when it comes to diversity. Mm -hmm. I am that quota. I am always that quota. I am, I, I am aware. So big brother was the same. So when I got reached out to, obviously like I've talked to producers about this and it's not them. It's just the people in casting. Like they told me we need a pretty black girl. Right great I was a beauty queen I know what I'm here to do so I know the role that I was there I was there to be the sassy pretty black girl and luckily that's just what I am as a natural person so I didn't have a problem with that but a lot of other girls do because just because you know they're black girls doesn't mean they're sassy you know mm -hmm. so it's just kind of mm -hmm. that like you know I referred to on the show like I was like okay don't make me the angry black woman because that's just like the stereotypical thing that they do yeah mm -hmm. um and they did, but I also was pretty angry. So, so it was just like it worked out for you them. Felt like you could be yourself. Yeah, like I felt like I was myself. Mm -hmm. um, but it just is kind of unfortunate because they do paint people in lights that aren't like them. I just got lucky that I, I'm okay with the narrative, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. How do you? I guess first I should ask what. Okay, because I just, you know, Jess and I had this dream of like being on Amazing Race. We'd love to be on the show, but yeah. I am so terrified of how I would be portrayed. You have no way to prepare for that. You have no way to prepare for how people are going to respond to you. Go on Amazing Race. Amazing Race <laughs> is not that kind of show. So like I have plenty of friends who I've been on, loved it. I oh, actually really? have friends that are on it now. I can't talk about it, but oh um, yeah. So Amazing Race is like, authentic like you can just be yourself yeah. and they're just going to capture those moments so yeah. not every show is like that but big brother is a very like theatrical kind of show mm -hmm. like there's costumes you know that they dress you up in there's games you know so yeah, the characters that they have they really build around the role there's always a nerdy person there's always you know like kind of a mastermind there's mm -hmm. always you know a clueless person so they have those yeah. roles and it's just a part of the show so they find people to fill those roles and that's yeah. just like that's just what it is what it is so you kind of have to know your show but like amazing race is not one of those shows oh well that's good but how do oh, you yeah. how do you prepare for the response from the public oh and that's how did terrible. you respond yeah yeah so the first time I wasn't prepared because I've never like I'm a beauty queen I've never been looked at in a negative light so that was rough for me and I didn't really understand why I was looked at in such a negative light um but later I realized it was because I got into a fight with the golden child and I didn't know he was the golden child at the time so like there's people that that are like the stars of the show the, that, the public loves yeah the favorite okay. mm -hmm. um and i didn't know he was a favorite because we're locked in the house with our without our phones so right. him and i got into a fight which obviously like we've totally made up like everything's fine um but it was like a really personal thing um and then that's not what they edit into the show so when people see it it just looks like i'm attacking the oh favorite and that's not what it was at least it, in my head so that's just like how it goes um but when i got off the show 
and I'll just like dive right into it. First of all, I met my husband 23 days. We were dating um, on day 11. Like he asked me to be his girlfriend on day 11. We like slept together on the show and I got pregnant on the show. So he left day 23 and I found that I was pregnant maybe like a week later. So I was like, oh, great. So my experience on Big Brother was like not fun. Like I had a great time with the games and stuff. Like when I separate that, like the show is fun. But my experience was like I couldn't say anything because you don't want the whole world because there's live cameras to know when you really don't even know what's going on in your body. And so I kind of had to keep that a secret while also like dealing with emotions of like, okay, this boy just met me. Is he panicked? He's two years younger than me. Does he think that I'm crazy? Is he going to run away? Does he actually still love me? What does he love me at all? Cause I don't even know this man. Like it was just a lot, you know? Yeah. So I'm dealing with all these emotions in my head while trying to play a game, which clearly I was going to suck at. Cause like it, it was oh not. My God. And you can't reach out to any of your support systems. No, you have no, no phone. exactly. No mom, no, oh no God. him. Even like, like, thank God they have, like, people on staff that are there to take care of you. But, like, you have to get, really get close to them because, mm-hmm. like, I had the most amazing person. But thank God we jailed. We clicked. Mm-hmm. Like, she was, like, the other mom to me. But if I didn't have her, I would have been a, a mess. Well, more of a mess than I already was. Mm-hmm. Can you keep that under wraps or is it all going to be out there no matter what? Um, Did the crazy part to? is the fans on Big Brother are, like, so involved. I didn't say anything about me being pregnant. Like, not even a word. They were tracking my period. What? Isn't that crazy? So, all the girls, like, you're in a house with all of the girls. You sync up. We all synced up. I did not. And they're like, Bailey's Mr. Period. Like, all the fans. So, the production pulled me in and they're like, hey, like, the fans are kind of speculating things. Like, be extra careful. And I'm like, what how you know and so it was me just kind of like even to my friends like I was like like because I was talking to my friend before I even knew I was pregnant and I had mentioned like hey like my period's not coming I wonder I wonder what's going on so they the fans took the narrative and ran with it anyway before I even knew like they were messaging swaggy because he was outside of the house and they're like hey your girl's pregnant like look on this and they would send him videos and they're like look at 309 and like the exact moment like he they would just stalk me like whoa what was he going through Oh, poor thing. Not poor thing. He, um, Swag is very aggressive. So he reached out. He's like very proactive too. He reached out to my family and he, um, decided that he was going to go meet them. (laughs) 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 So funny. Cause I'm like, what if I didn't like you? Like what if I didn't want you to meet them? But he just went (laughs) to meet my family and my mom loved it. Cause she's, you know, a queen and she thought it was just so sweet. So (laughs) he stayed with my family for like a week, got to know them and he stayed with them for a week, a week. That's not just saying hi. No, like (laughs) a week is bad. The crazy thing, he came for two days and my mom was like, like with production. So production came and like, we want to have a camera. And then my mom was like, no, he's staying. And so he's like, okay. So they stayed. He'd golf with my dad. Like it was just like, I don't know, weird. In the family. Yeah, in the family. So then he left and went home. And as soon as he left and went home, that's when they called him. And like, hey, yeah, Bailey's pregnant. And he was like, what? <laughs> like, Yeah. But he had already, like, gone to meet my family, so he was invested in me, which was really nice. But then he was like, oh, I'm really invested. Yeah. Damn, what a crazy experience. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. So then what happened after that? Okay, so I was pregnant on the show for a while, um, a little bit. And then I got eliminated, which is that we call it, like, the screaming match. So Tyler, the guy that I've been telling you about, the kind of chosen child, um, he ended up, like, him and I were, like, supposedly friends, but I didn't, maybe I just missed signals or whatever, but um, I won the HOH, which is, like, the head of household, and I didn't put him up, and everybody was, like, you need to put him up, you know, like, why not, and I was just, like, no, like, he's had a rough week, like, I don't want to put him up, so the next week, his girlfriend won, 
and they threw me under the bus and they backdoored me and everybody voted me out. And that was really tough because I didn't go after him, but he accused me of going after him because there was like this competition where somebody put his name up and it was anonymous. So he mm-hmm. was like, it's you. I know it's you. And it wasn't me. I was like, I am dealing with something mm-hmm. totally different. Maybe I'm acting sketchy, but I'm acting sketchy for a totally different reason. So that was like hurtful. And I ended up like screaming at him and mm-hmm. I ended up like biting my tongue and there was blood coming out of my mouth and I like collapsed to the floor. And so like that was like we had a really big fight because um, like a week later, maybe like a, a I don't know, it's almost a week later, I ended up having a miscarriage and there was like this kind of like back and forth to where people were like, oh, it was stress from the house or like Tyler did it or like, you know, all this stuff. So he oh, wow. took this like pressure and blame, like I was blaming him and the fans made it worse. And so we had to talk about it later and was like, uh, hell no. Like <sighs> you had no idea what was going on. I had no idea what was going on. Like nobody is to blame for anything. And him and I squashed that. But like, that was really hard for me to hear that people would even put that in his head. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that sucked. But it was weird because throughout this process, I would go from like pregnant to miscarriage to being backdoored in the house with all of that drama. And I had nobody but myself. So mm-hmm. that was like, another emotional journey and I'm like gosh these emotional journeys why do they keep happening to me um but it's just really like me kind of adding to my strength like to where it's like I had to ask like okay is Swaggy okay because this is his baby too like he's obviously heard about it he was angry you know with everything and from the outside looking in from his perspective he felt like the people in the house did this to me and I'm like no baby that's not like you know so there was just a lot of like aggression there was a lot of like confusion and then I wasn't able to get out the house to explain it to him so from the time that I lost the baby to um for finale when is when I saw him for the first time he's in this like kind of state of confusion I'm mind blown yeah I'm just saying I'm just like wait from pregnant to miscarriage the whole time you don't you're not able to see him be with him talk to him not even a little bit like even when I was in the hospital because they had to take me to the hospital obviously through this process and I'm like having contractions which is like another thing people don't talk about when you have a miscarriage Mm -hmm. you you that you like physically contract like you're having a baby and I'm like painful and so I'm like sitting there and the lady was like I'm gonna step out to call your mom and Chris and I just start bawling like I'm like really like you can't put them on speaker in the corner Mm -hmm. like do you have to step out of the room like can I talk to them and she's just like I'm so sorry but I can't and so I'm just sitting there like so I literally was like probably like a raging bitch for the next seven weeks because I'm like this is terrible like it was probably the worst thing I've ever been through in my life um but that leads me to um, jury house. So when I got to jury house, this is the craziest thing is that I got a journal and I was able to kind of like write down all my feelings. And like, that was really helpful. And I wrote mm-hmm. down all my stuff. And in the journal, I wrote down, I don't know if he knows yet, but Chris is going to be my husband. He's, he's going to ask me to be his wife. And then finale, he did. And it was crazy. At the finale? At finale. The first time Whoa. I see him. Oh, I have like full body chills. Isn't that great? Like, yeah. I'm like, it's weird because it's like, this is a fun story to tell, but it's like actually my story. Like this happened, like mm-hmm. me and Fessy, which is another guy from the show. Like Fessy was like joking. He's like, yeah. So like if Swaggy proposes, what's up? And I'm like, shut up, Fessy. You're like, you're so stupid. Like I just met the kid and then he actually proposed. And I was like, yep. Like that's just how it worked out. Which is like also so crazy and shows the connection that you have because you couldn't talk to each other for all that time. So he had no idea how you were really feeling about the situation. Exactly. You had no idea. And knowing that, he still felt confident enough that you would say yes if he proposed on live television. And the crazy part is I talked to him about it. He's a very confident person, but he literally was just like, I couldn't not take the risk. And he's like, because here's the thing. It's like, 
he does not know he didn't know this about me then but now he knows about it and he's happy that he took the risk I am a I used to be a very self-sabotage person Mm -hmm. to where like after I've been through everything I've been through I'm like okay if people or things are too good to be true I wouldn't let myself have them um and that's just not how I operate anymore like after I've been through this stuff but he if I wouldn't have gotten pregnant by him I would have totally probably like ran away and then I got pregnant by him so I was like all right I'm kind of stuck right now. Cool. Like, we're going to figure this out. Then when I had the miscarriage, there was that opportunity for a second for me to run again, and he didn't allow it to happen. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like that was, like, another God thing to where it's, like, God knows me so well because I would have been, like, okay, let's take a moment to kind of figure this out. Mm -hmm. And then I would have literally disappeared off the face of the earth. And he was, like, nope, where are you going? I'm coming. He, like, moved to Missouri with me. Like, he's been with me ever since so it's like when was that i just want to cry (laughs) isn't that crazy we need a moment yeah this was um september 2018 or 19 2019 so it's been oh recently yeah we've been technically married for a year we've only been together for like a year and a half too when you know you know girl your story rings true to that isn't that crazy but we've been getting like tons of messages from people like I knew my husband for four months we went on two dates that we've been together for 35 years so it's like we're not the only story like us but we're probably the only ones who did it on tv and got it all recorded but it's also really cool because now we can just show our kids (laughs) well and the most dramatic and most insane things happen from the beginning so it's like it kind of just gets all all out of the way to just be better from there it's like now I can be free and live our lives and Mm -hmm not have any of this happen yeah and very it's very backwards we went through all the hard stuff first yeah, yeah. yeah true yeah and so now we're kind of if we can get through that we can get through, get through anything, anything. Mm-hmm. oh i can relate it's definitely that. your pic <laughs> for life yeah um how did he how did he propose i mean obviously it was it was live mm-hmm. but when was it like well and how did you react like you can't imagine yeah. the emotions it was so okay here's go back to be me me being nervous so i didn't know what he's gonna think of me at finale so i'm like sweating because i'm like oh my god like this is i haven't seen him and nobody knows what's going on you know like nobody knows you know so the finale is not about us the finale is about the person who's winning (laughs) so i'm trying to like do my job like vote for the person who i want to win um and he is part of jury so he's a he's not a part of jury so he's across the stage from me so you can look at them and i'm like avoiding eye contact like i just I'm like oh my god this is so embarrassing i don't even know what to heart do. is pounding yeah because i forget like i forgot what the, he even looked like it had been like eight weeks no like 77 days since we've seen each other wow. so i'm like okay i hope you still like him i hope he's still cute so he obnoxiously but so cute he opens his jacket and there's a picture like a cartoon picture of my head in it <laughs> So I started laughing because I'm like, okay, like icebreaker, really smart, um, adorable. So they start talking about showmances, which is what they call like relationships on TV. And um, they're like going backwards, which really creeped me out. They're like, okay, Tyler and Angela, which they call Tangela. Then they're like, Haley and Fessy, which is like Faley. And then they're like, okay, and Swaley. Like, I'm like, why did they say us backwards? Like we were clearly the first showmance. Like this is ridiculous. And so they get to it and they're like, yeah, so Swaley. And then like, they're like, swaggy so like is there anything that you want to say and I'm like what like I'm so confused and he just like stands up and I'm like sit down like, <laughs> like why are you breaking the rules because like you're not supposed to cross the stage I'm like why do you have to be so extra like yeah. you're the most he's like sit down and so he starts walking towards me and he basically like he's talking and he's just like 
you know, like stand up. And he's just like, remember when I told you, you know, like, it's just weird because it's like odd, odd, odd. But he's like, remember, I told you, you know, that I wanted to ask you to be my girlfriend. And I was just like, yeah. And he was just like, you know, remember where we were? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, what did I say? And like, I told him. And then he was just like, well, I just feel like girlfriend is not enough. And he like gets on his knee and I just go, like, I literally was like, shut up. Like, I just started saying shut up. And like, everybody's <laughs> laughing because I'm like, no, shut up. This is too much. And then he's just like, well, you marry me. And I'm like, yeah. And like, it was just like that quick and I was just like what how do I go what happened did you have any doubt in your in your heart not even a a little bit the crazy thing is like I really creepily oddly I had manifested it a week before and I didn't know why like I just was like all right he's gonna be my husband he's gonna you know like propose to me but I didn't like I literally didn't even know why I wrote that down in my journal like I just was like okay and then when it happened I was like yep like not even a thought and then before I knew it, everything was a whirlwind. And like, I'm not going to lie, like it went really fast. Maybe I didn't even have like a chance to like think about it until like a few months later or I was just like, everything is happening so fast. And I just mm-hmm. had like a meltdown and he's just like, okay, breathe. Like, let's talk through it. And like, we talked through it and like everything was okay, but it was just like, everything happened so fast. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> there's, this is such an interesting crazy like amazing story but the to to go back to the piece about the miscarriage it's like so you for this seven weeks or eight weeks I don't know exactly how long are going through this whole experience essentially alone without him mm-hmm. without him being able to be a part of it and then yeah then you get engaged and then it's like everything's exciting but you're never in that like allowed to process feel as someone mm-hmm. might would nor- you know normally uh, outside of the cameras and all of this so of course it's going to hit you at one crazy time or at many times mm-hmm. you know you would imagine that going to happen again too but just when you focus on the miscarriage itself like what is the emotional response that you went through Mm -hmm. and I guess what advice would you have for women that 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 happens to as well Mm -hmm. okay so that's such a good point and that was kind of my um like what I voiced to him so after um he proposed we got bombarded by like articles like TMZ, People, Us Weekly, E, like, we want to talk about the miscarriage. Can we have an exclusive? And I literally was like, no. Mm -hmm. And, like, a lot of people will ask me, like, you know, like, why didn't you capitalize off of that opportunity? And it it just bothered me because I'm like, it's not an opportunity to capitalize on. That's my life. Exactly. This is my life. And I haven't even got a chance to think about it. Like, I don't don't know because I'm like, I have... I haven't even talked to Chris about it. We've been celebrating an engagement. We haven't even sat down and talked about it. So we made a YouTube video um, and just told people that like, hey, like when we're ready to talk about it, like we'll share. And the main thing I would give advice to for uh, moms, which I actually have had so many like moms reach out to me with like encouragement of saying like, hey, they miscarried and now they have like their rainbow baby. Like just hold Mm -hmm. on for that. I would one just say that there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. So the statistic that I got when I was pregnant, like when I they confirmed my pregnancy, two seconds later they go, just so you know, forty percent of pregnancies end in miscarriage. And I thought that was so weird. Like I was like, why would you tell somebody who just found out they're pregnant about mis what what yeah. is wrong with you? But the number was strikingly so big yeah. that I'm like, What? How come nobody has ever told me about this? Yeah. So that led me to one know that like you're not alone in the situation. So the first thing is like, you're not even close to alone. There are some women that have three, four or five miscarriages before they even have their first child. Mm -hmm. So don't think there's anything wrong with you or your body. There's just some natural thing that happens that if something is going wrong in a pregnancy that your body naturally aborts. So that's, 
fine. The second thing is that emotionally, there is no timeline or hormonally, there is no timeline to be back to your normal self. Don't ever let anybody press that on you. So um, actually, what's crazy is one of my really close friends had a miscarriage right after me. And she called me and was just like, Bailey, like, I don't like still she's like, I don't feel like myself. My hormones are not back to normal. Like my partner, you know, they want to be intimate. I have no desire. Like those feelings are normal, too, because you just lost something that was alive and you were carrying it. So postpartum Mm -hmm. is real, whether you actually have a baby or you don't so like those feelings don't ignore them like you have to take time for yourself and then the third part is I would just say mourn because a lot of people don't connect the loss um with it being an actual loss because you never saw a physical child but your body connects it with it being a loss so Mm -hmm. like allow yourself to mourn because that was something that was a part of you that you were excited about whether you like for me I say all the time I'm like baby I'm happy we didn't have a child because we weren't ready for a child yeah but that was still something that was like not your choice yeah like I was really excited about like I want to be a mom and even if it was in those like not unopportune times I would have gladly taken on the responsibility now I'm happy that I have another chance to make it the way that we possibly want it to be but at the same time no matter what like those mama instincts kick in Mm -hmm. and you have to acknowledge those and you have to kind of give your bodies like a sense of, you know, relief in the fact that like, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thank you for, for being so open and sharing Mm -hmm. that. That's really great advice. Yeah. I think it's something that a lot of women will be so appreciative to hear because I know for one, I've had a handful of friends who have had one, two, three miscarriages Mm -hmm. And you can't prepare for it. And so I think no. this and advice, your hopes. Yeah, yeah, you get your hopes up and then you're mm-hmm. like, what now? Exactly. Yeah. And your whole perspective changes too. And your relationship can change oh, with yeah. your significant other. So I think um, these are really, really helpful tips. And mm-hmm. you're use, you're such a good example of someone using their platform for good and Knowing that, you know, you could hear face value like, oh, she's a model and she was Miss America and it mm-hmm. could sound like all surface level. Superficial, yeah. Yeah, and superficial, but but it's so not. And and I think that that's just so empowering. And, and I, I thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah. Well, we do need to wrap up okay. soon and we're, we're so grateful for your time. But I do want to just touch on your husband before <laughs> before we move past it. So yeah. you got married recently, right? Yeah. So we haven't actually had our ceremony. We have our ceremony um, this Memorial Day, which oh, is okay. like my birthday weekend. But we got mm-hmm. our papers a while back just because Swaggy has had like bad memories on his birthdays with exes. So he's like, for my birthday, I want my marriage papers. So we got him for it. Oh, <laughs> so, okay, okay. Yeah. So we're working on our ceremony, but we're technically married. Okay. Awesome. Okay, cool. So um, congrats on that. Thank you. And you're obviously each other's yin to your yang. Yes. So how do you manage all that you're doing in this relationship and still find time to connect? Okay, so the I like that's an easy question for us because we um, met in the chaos. So we met on the show, which where we had to spend 24 hours with each other and we never got tired of each other. So we kind of like thrive off of like clinginess. <laughs> so he doesn't leave my side. Like um, he works at night now. So while I'm sleeping, he's working. And during the day, like when he's sleeping, I'm just like running around modeling or like um working out and stuff so our routine is literally like yin and yang like we just kind of balance each other so Mm -hmm. we have like a few hours of the day where our schedules cross to where before he goes to sleep um 
well, actually before I go to sleep and before he starts working, he like just woke up. We are like time to each other. So we just mm-hmm. like spend those hours just like in- intimate, like quality time. Like mm-hmm. I have a few hours, babe. What do you want to do? And like, that's just like our routine. Mm-hmm. So that is really helpful for us because we both are very like proactive and, and aggressive about like our careers. Like I have so much I want to do and he has so much that he wants to do, but like our relationship was our number one priority. So we kind of had that time set aside for us every single day. And then we were very like goal oriented people. So like for his birthday, which was like last week, he's like, okay, babe, for my birthday, I want to make vision boards. We need to update them. And I'm like, great, babe. So, Whoa, you know, like yeah. we're like making vision boards and we're like talking about goals. And like, that's just like where we thrive because mm-hmm. we already, we understand we already have our person and I'm not the type of person that's like, let me, let me pick him apart just because I'm bored. No, I have a lot of stuff I need to be focused on. You got a lot of stuff you need to be focused on. We already good right here. So it's time to just like build our empire. I already have my person. So I'm happy mm-hmm. that I kind of like got that out of the way. I've always wanted like a power couple. Great. Have him. Don't move. Don't, <laughs> don't hurt me. Don't cheat on me. Don't do anything crazy. I'm ready to go. And he's like, I don't have time for that. I got stuff to do. Great. I'll meet you back here <laughs> tomorrow. Like that's just like how we operate. So yeah. Good. And I love how you said, I mean, is it okay if we share what you guys yeah, said yeah, this yeah. morning? <laughs> um, but as soon as you came in for the podcast, you had said that he took you horseback riding and just like surprised you on a Monday on a muck it's crazy because I'm like first of all he's just ridiculous because he's very scheduled um but he like schedules in spontaneity which is so cute (laughs) because he's like okay I have somewhere for you to go this is what we're doing you know like he doesn't tell me where we're going or what we're doing he's like this is the time you need to be ready this is what you need to do and like very strict schedule so I'm like Literally until we drove up to the gate, I'm like, where are we doing? I'm like, why do I need to wear shoes, babe? Like, what what is going on? I'm like, are we yogaing? Are we hiking? Like, what's <laughs> happening? And then I get up and I see, like, the horse ranch. And I literally just, like, bust out. Like, almost crying. Because I'm like, oh, my God, this is so cute. Like, it was just precious. <laughs> but he's good at making sure that, like, we go on dates. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like, we spend time together doing things that are outside of our routine. Because he knows how important it is to me. He yeah. seems really well-rounded and aware yeah. balance and mm-hmm. all of that. He, he's, he has had, like, when, first of all, my story is nothing compared to his, but he's had, like, the craziest life. Um, you should have, have him on, on the please. podcast. No. Do you think he'd be down? Oh, he's a talker. You well, would love him. Yes. You would love him. But, yeah, he's been through a lot. So okay. now he's kind of like, this is my life, and I'm in complete control of creating the life that I want. And for him, it's really important that it's peaceful Mm -hmm. so he focuses on like good things like there's no negativity that comes out of his mouth like he's very just like positive so it's good for me because I need that balance yeah Mm -hmm. yeah we can all learn from that need to it's easy sometimes to just get like overanalyze things or be judgmental of yourself or other people and it's just not it's putting mm-hmm. that energy out there. So. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have any morning or evening rituals or routines that really help set you up for success and confidence? Yes. Okay. So recently I just started meditating um, and that's like a little bit overwhelming for a lot of people to yeah, kind of jump into. But I would just say start with five or 10 minutes of like meditation and just focus on like obviously your breath, be quiet, like listen to your thoughts and then kind of um, for me this is so uh, honestly weird too. I started like journaling, but out of like impulse, like I just got an impulse one day to start writing stuff down and I was writing so fast. My brain couldn't even process what I was writing. And then I went back and read it and I was like, whoa, like there's Mm -hmm. so much stored in my, you know, like psyche that I haven't even released. So give yourself like that time to release. So like I meditate for like 10 minutes and then I journal for like two. And like, that's a really good thing that I like to do. Um, and 
another thing is this is really crazy take a like a time during the day to kind of completely shut off your mind and do something you like so like for me right now i'm watching um what is it called shadow hunters it's a aggressive vampire like dark world i don't know like sci-fi like, um, I heard about it. vampire diaries yeah or like more it's, serious it's like no it's not as serious it's like a mixture between like vampire dies diaries game of thrones harry potter like it's just like a Ooh. lot of like sci-fi stuff mixed in but i will watch it and i literally like kind of like binge and turn my brain off and like if makes me feel good because Mm -hmm. I find myself stuck in this kind of fight or flight like thing all the time in my head where I'm like worrying like I'm like okay are we in danger what's happening what's going on and it's like Bailey shut up like you are like but it is it's like we like I live in downtown LA like nothing is happening I'm not gonna be bitten by a tiger like you know like you (laughs) have that kind of like impulse like you want to be like on alert where it's like no you're actually fine like Mm -hmm. nobody's gonna be hurt like you know so just kind of like reminding yourself that you're safe and making the stress kind of go away just chill Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and I think we all should have our binge worthy shows girl (laughs) or something yeah that makes us totally check out podcasts like yeah if you want to be listening to podcasts that make like bring you joy that's what you need to do because if you're stuck and you're serious even if you have a goal the best thing to do is to manifest that goal positively and then leave it alone Mm. because if you start worrying you'll start like this is also really preachy but like you'll start bringing lack into the picture and that's what you don't want Mm. like you attract the things you think about so if you're thinking like oh god i really want to move because my neighbor's stuck and this and this and that blah 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 you're pulling yourself back into that space and you're Mm. never going to be able to move because you're so focused on the negative instead of being like oh great like if i go and you know do this gig that's gonna make me some extra money and like make me feel good i'm gonna be able to move sooner great let's go for that instead of focusing on the kids Mm -hmm. upstairs running around and annoying you I think we're afraid of the unknown a lot of the time. So even if the unknown is exciting Mm -hmm. and could be amazing, it's like, well, I'm in this uncomfortable place that's comfortable. Yeah. You know, that it's like, I'd rather almost like be here than, than put myself out there and, and, you know, see what could happen. So Mm. I love all things visualization, getting so much more into manifestation. You see my vision board here. Yeah. But I think I haven't, I need to go binge your YouTube channel. Have you done like a video series on visualization? You know, it's crazy. I actually just, this is so weird that you said that yesterday. I literally was like, I'm going to start making videos on this. And I know people are going to think I'm weird, but I'm going to do it because I want to. So I'm going to, there you go. There we go. I'm going to make it. And then I'll let you know when I make it. And then we're going to go from there. Because you just said so much that was helpful. Yeah. And, and like the fact that you got that training when you were in Miss America, like mm-hmm. that is, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah and I'll find that book that. too. I'll, I'll just send it all over it. Because yes. I read it and I was like, it's called like the box. And like this guy got stuck in a box in war for like maybe two months. And all he did was feed off of like rainwater and visualize himself on a golf course. And he was huh. one of the only like three people that survived wow yep and it was like a real story like from war so Mm -hmm. a lot of people just died of like you know boredom or starvation Mm -hmm. or whatever but he just sat and took the time to like visualize golf and when he came home this is giving me chills when he came home and they flew him back like after they rescued him he was like the first place i want to go is the golf course damn Mm -hmm. truly a testament to the power of the mind yeah Mm -hmm. so my final question is kind of along these same lines 
when you're in the limelight, in the spotlight, people have a lot to say. <laughs> and obviously we know there are so many trolls. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that you respond through some of these exercises and just keeping your mind right and staying positive. But do you have any advice for people that, um, you know, might receive some negativity? How do you not let that bother you? So, okay. So there's a lot of emotions when it comes to that. So two things, like this is a, an, an ongoing problem. Like actually, I don't know if you guys heard, but the host of Love Island UK actually like committed suicide because no. of it. Yeah. Like this, like last past week, no. she committed suicide because she's the host of a relationship show and her and her boyfriend got into a fight and somebody like videoed it um, and basically like bashed her. He, it's a long story, but they had like kind of like a domestic violence, like a, a dispute. Um, and she was the one that was kind of like being abusive. And so all of the articles, the people just tore her apart and she ended up like, like literally committing suicide over it. Um, and it sucks because I know firsthand, like how nasty these people can be. Like Chris and I have received messages. Like I, one that sticks out to me in particular was thank God you didn't have that monkey of a baby. We don't need any more of you. And I was like, Oh my, but Mm. in my head, I'm like, I know because of the things that I've been through that that person's hurting and it's just not a direct reflection of me, but it took me a while to get there. Like when I first got off, I was so hurt. I was like, babe, why do all these people hate me? What's going on? And their hate is not for me. It's for themselves. And so it's, if you're dealing with trolls or people in negative or even like take it to a lower level, your mother or somebody sending you so much negative negativity or criticism, you have to literally listen to yourself and say, hey, this doesn't feel good for me. I need to remove myself. And then you start actually counteracting with positive affirmations. Like I had to start writing down things on paper, writing things on my mirror, reading things daily that built me back up because when you're pouring so much negative into you, it's only human to absorb it. So you have to start combating it with positive. Like the only way you can drive out darkness is with light. It's not like that's just it. So start pouring positivity in you. And then if you start noticing those same people popping up, sorry, but I don't care if it's your mom, cut her off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take her out. Like, yourself. yeah, distance. Say, okay, mom, um, I can talk to you for about 15 minutes today. I got to go. Yeah. Or, hey, mom, I'm going to, I'm going to take a week to myself and I'm yeah. really going to just like spend time, you know, like feeling good. Yeah. And then your mom will get used to you either cutting her off or not wanting to talk to her. And she'll, she'll start saying, Hey, okay. Is there something I did wrong? And then you say, Hey mom, I'm so glad that you said that. I really would like for you to start like, you know, being a little bit more positive towards yes. me. Yes. Yes. Just open the door for conversation because you have to do it. I've had the conversation with my mom and I'm like, hey, girl, listen, we're not about to do this. And then she's (laughs) like, "Okay, teach me. And that was the best thing that we could have done. So just really don't take it personal. I know that's hard, but start like taking it off and Instagram, go to the settings and put block buttons. So there's like words you can type in your Instagram and you can say anybody's in the world word slut, whore, shame, this really block it from my comments. Yes. No way. I didn't know that. That's a huge tip. So go in there and you block those words, especially for me. Like there's triggers. Don't use these words. So Mm -hmm. block these words from your Instagram account and just start blocking people. If people are being negative or trolling you, block out, Mm -hmm. delete, even in your life. Okay, boy, bye. Yeah. 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 I'm a huge fan of deleting negativity. Girl. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. there's no room for it. Mm -mm. Nope. Mm Mm-mm. Um, well, you have given so much great advice. Yeah. You are such a, a light and you're h- hysterical. Oh, God. <laughs> um, you're such a good storyteller, too. So mm-hmm. I'm so excited to share this with our listeners. What are you the most excited about in your business and your life right now? Ooh, okay. So in my business, I actually, and this is a secret I'll just share, I am 
going to put it out there because I have to promise myself to do it. I am actually looking forward to designing and launching um, a swimsuit line and I have mm. it like on wraps and it's going to be so cute, but it's going to be like kind of like athleisurely mm-hmm. to where it's not like so much like stuffed into a bikini. It's like Yay. functional, but like really cute. Yes. Um, and then in my life, I'm so excited about um, just my modeling because I've gotten away from modeling because I've been realitying and wifing, but modeling is like my first passion. So mm-hmm. I'm diving back into that like wholeheartedly this year and just saying like no to a lot of show offers and just doing modeling. And so we'll see where that takes me. And I'm very excited. Yay. We're so yeah. excited. We too. can't wait to see what you do. Like we said, you're going to be do crazy. big things. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Where can everyone find you? Um, Okay, this is me. I'm taking an Instagram break right now because, you know, your personal health. Yeah, <laughs> so necessary. Yes, but my Instagram is Bayday, so B-A-Y-Y-D-A-Y-Y, and my YouTube is Bailey Daily. My name is spelled B-A-Y-L-E-I-G-H, and Daily, which is D-A-I-L-Y. And, you know, just keep up with me there because I apparently am going to be posting visualizations. Yes, yes you are. Yeah, and <laughs> cute pictures on Instagram. Yeah, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this conversation with the beautiful Bailey. We just love her and had such a hard time wrapping that one up. There's just so much to talk about. Definitely could have talked forever. So if you're enjoying our podcast so far, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review so we can keep bringing on guests you want to hear from and grow this community. We'd also encourage you to take a screenshot of this episode and tag us on your Instagram stories at solo 2.0 podcast so we can share it as well. Thank you for listening. And remember, even if nothing feels right today, you tuning into this podcast and opening your mind is enough. Change doesn't happen overnight. So be patient and kind to yourself and good things will come. See you next time.